I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Podcast. From me, you get 50 years of knowledge playing fantasy sports. From Eric, you get the kind of insight you only get from a guy who's been a top player in the NFL on the stage there and a top-notch quarterback with the Bears and Lions and Chargers. He's been there, done that, lends his first-hand knowledge to the things you need to guide your fantasy team to victory. Now, you can find us on the Radio.com mobile app, iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, and wherever you get your podcasts. The easiest way, perhaps, just go to our website. That's KramerandBrill.com and all our podcasts are listed on the podcast page or you can find them by just clicking the top of the home page check it out kramerandbrill.com you can reach us by the way via the contact page if you want to send us a question and if you'd like anything answered you will just send us an email make sure we get it by tuesday morning and we'll answer it right here on the podcast so let me introduce you my friend colleague and co-host eric kramer usually eric is in studio with me but he was in chicago over the weekend haha for the bears game (laughs) he's still on the road so he joins me by phone Hey, week four in the books. How about that one, huh? Yeah, man. Quarter of the season is now over. Isn't that so crazy? It's, uh, it was an impressive weekend this week. I'll tell uh, you. For the Bears especially. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Oh, that, that must have been good for you. We're going to get to talk about that here in a second because I want to ask you a couple of big questions about that. But uh, first of all, let's take a look at how we did. It was a rather strange week in the NFL. We take a look at what happened, uh, how we did, and the waiver wire in this week's games all coming up on Kramer and Brill. So let's take a look at the key injuries first of all. There was a bunch, especially concussions, which you will need to keep an eye on, keep an eye on the NFL wires this coming week. Jamal Williams missed out due to the concussion. TJ Hawkinson for Detroit. Uh, Jarvis Landry, they each took big hits. Perhaps the biggest injury right now, though, is to Bears quarterback Mitch Trubisky. Now, Eric, you were at the game. Uh, Give us an update on what happened and where it stands for now. Okay, well, early in the game, uh, Trubisky scrambles around, gets a pass away, ends up, actually didn't get the pass away, but ends up getting tackled and separated his left shoulder, non-throwing shoulder. Uh, So I guess it's dislocated. He also possibly may have torn part of his labor but um anyway as it stands right now from what i understand he's going to be out at least half of the season possibly the entire season so i think the bear fans were pleasantly surprised that uh chase daniel was able to come in and do what trubisky's was hoping to do and that's just not make any big mistakes and get the ball to the right guy and get first downs and let the defense take care of the business. And that is exactly what they did. Yeah, it was nice to see. And I think the people around me watching the game kept commenting on that. Is that, hey, this guy is throwing the ball accurately. He's throwing it away from defenders. They're getting first downs. It's not anything spectacular. But with that defense, you don't need a spectacular offense or a quarterback. You just need a, ball, a guy to get the ball to the right guy. What was the feeling amongst uh, the, the folks who were uh, there? I mean, obviously nobody wants to see uh, anybody get injured. Uh, but at the same time, he was, he's was he been a little controversial as far as, you know, because his development maybe hasn't been what everybody expected it to be. And now you have uh, somebody coming in uh, who, who did do that. So was there sort of a relief there? Or was there like, okay, promise, hope? What, what do you think? Well, I, I think, generally speaking, people in Chicago, Bear fans uh, among them, really think Trubisky has what it takes to be an, a top-tier upper, upper echelon quarter. Remember, they traded up to get him, but didn't. instead they passed up on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. So he's got quite a bit 
um, I think, to prove. But I also think the Bear fans think he's got it within him to be that upper-tier quarterback. But uh, what I've seen so far, in my estimation, is Mitchell hasn't made that uh, that climb just yet in terms of his the, the repetitive things that get you to be a good quarterback, which are throwing in balance, dropping back in balance, moving around, having your footwork match where your eyes take you, and be accurate and anticipate throws, and steer the receiver away from the defender, not toward the, and into the defender. So those are all the type of things that we haven't been seeing consistently from Mr. Trubisky, but all of a sudden, Chase Daniel steps in, and things start to happen in those ways, and then of course, you're in Chicago with one of the best defenses the NFL has seen in over a decade, and you win a game 16 to six, but it was dominating 16 to six. And the other thing is, it now looks like your record for the most passing yards in a season for a Chicago Bear quarterback is safe <laughs> for one more season. <laughs> for one more season. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I mean, it's just in like a like I think everybody can agree. With that Bears defense, I don't care who your offense is. I don't care who the quarterback is. If you just don't make mistakes, big mistakes, like interceptions for touchdowns or sack fumbles for, you know, where the other team recovers it on your own five-yard line, those are the type of things that are going to get the Bears hurt. They're 3-0 and right now. They're 3-1 and as a team, but they're 3-0 and when they score more than three points. They're rolling. Okay. Other key injuries. Let's go to Josh Allen of the Bills, Marlon Mack with an ankle, Kenny Stills, and Donchell Inman, tight end Sean Colkin. Well, now, now it's time for me to brag a little bit. For me, my biggest poll of the day came when I boldly predicted that Leonard Fournette was going to break out and have a great day. Someone else said, nah, there's, uh, Leonard, not Leonard Fournette. Well, I don't know, 220 I'm yards. I'm my cap right now. <laughs> that was good. 220 yards rushing. Uh, that accounts for a great day. Yeah, it does. Yep. Uh, <laughs> biggest surprise on the day, a Aside from Fournette, may have been Marcus Mariota, 227 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, 22 yards on the ground. Uh, the young quarterbacks came down to earth with the uh, veterans standing out. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was held without a touchdown pass, but he still threw for 315 against Detroit. Deshaun Watson had a less than 10-point fantasy day. He threw only for 160 yards, no touchdowns, fumbled once, was sacked six times. That was the killer, and I started him. He got me five points, believe it or not. Uh, Lamar Jackson threw three touchdowns, but had a pair of picks. He also gained six. 66 rushing. Dak Prescott had a pedestrian day with no touchdowns on 22 completions. Uh, Carson Wentz had 160 yards, uh, but three TDs. Goff had 517 yards on two touchdowns, three picks, and a fumble. Not bad. Uh, not bad, but uh, still not. It, it, how can you say the guy had 517 yards and had not really a great day? You know, it, it's really bizarre. Mayfield, 342 at a 40-point win, but nothing to Beckham. All to Landry, who had a wild day. Daniel Jones was solid. Winston finally had a solid 385, four touchdown passes against the Rams. Brissett off the mark, but still threw three touchdowns. Minshew was managing with 213 and two TDs, as was Kyle Allen, who had three fumbles. Mason Rudolph looked really good, like a solid developing quarterback. Aaron Rodgers threw for 422, a pair of TDs, and gained 46 rushing. Matt Ryan had 397, no touches. Stanford, 291, three touches, no picks. That was a good day for him, and I'm not sure who Kirk Cousins is anymore. 233, no touchdowns, and a fumble. 
Uh, Case Keenum, my gosh, uh, pulled for being ineffective, replaced by Dwayne Haskins, who threw three interceptions. Joe Flacco, 303, three touchdowns, a pick and a loss. I said to start Mason Rudolph and bench Andy Dalton, both good moves. Uh, I said stay away from Teddy Bridgewater. He did win, but fantasy-wise, 193, no touchdowns, and a pick, pretty awful. Uh, on the running back front, we liked uh, Nick Chubb this week at 165, three touches and an 80-yard-plus touchdown run. was good for 40 fantasy points. Jordan Howard had a monster day, three touches. Austin Eckler solid again, uh, two touchdowns. Melvin Gordon did not play, so that's a show, a sideshow that you really want to keep an eye on. We said uh, to make sure and get Wayne Gallman, who would have a solid day. Uh, he did, two touchdowns, 63 on the ground, 55 in the air on five catches. I said to stay away from David Johnson except through the air. He caught 8 of 11, only 40 on the ground. Dalvin Cook slipped back, but I said to start Daryl Williams of the Chiefs. He had a pair of touches, three catches. LaShawn McCoy came back strong. Elliott had only 35 yards and a touch, added six catches in Dallas. They faltered. We were high on Ronald Jones, who's looking good, with 70 yards and two long runs called back due to penalties. We said to stay on Josh Jacobs, 79 yards was worth it. We like Frank Gore, who, with 109, moved into the elite all-timers, 15,000 yards, putting him up there with your old teammate, Barry Sanders. Yeah, he wasn't bad either, Barry. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think Frank Gore, as you go along here, he's going to be the one guy in Buffalo offensively that you're going to want to stick with. I think the, Josh Allen, obviously, has got the concussion uh, situation going on, possibly. And I think he's just, uh, you know, a little bit inconsistent. He'll have a good game, he'll have maybe a couple good games, but then it's tough for him to stay, um, you know, moving forward like that. For me, what stepped, uh, what stood out, well, I want to talk about a few quarterbacks. So Kyle Allen, again, with the Panthers, has stepped up, and he's 2-0 as a starter. He beat the Cardinals, he beat the Texans. And I think, like, like Chase Daniel, he anticipates throws. He just looks solid in that position. Even though he's a rookie, he's decisive, he's accurate, he's creative, and he makes some throws that, quite honestly, Cam Newton's not ever going to make. And and I, I like the fact that Kyle Allen's playing uh, the way he's doing right now. Teddy Bridgewater, who you just mentioned a little while ago, um, he's 2-0 and now and has beaten the Seahawks and the Cowboys. Two pretty good defenses there. Gardner Minshew keeps going on strong. He's 2-0 in his last two starts. Daniel Jones, again, he's 2-0. Uh, beating the Bucks and the Redskins. Mason Rudolph came, you know, finally became the guy that you've been saying all along he's going to be, and hopefully he can stay doing that. The game he broke out against against the Bengals, they're not going to play them every week, so he's going to have this, you know. That's true. He's going to have to stay on top and keep going forward. Jacoby Brissett, I think, as I've said all along, when he took over for Andrew Luck, he has stayed playing with confidence. He's been efficient. And I think he plays with a, a sort of controlled aggressiveness. You know, he doesn't take crazy chances, but he's, he's he takes chances enough, like he came off last week's game throwing three touchdown passes. you got to put the ball out there in order to make those kind of numbers happen every week. Is 2019 going to be uh, the year that we all look back on as the year the old guard uh, – uh, changed into the new guard with quarterbacks. I mean, it, it seems like... Could be. I mean, yeah, you, you just mentioned be. like more than a handful of quarterbacks, young guys who are starting, Daniel Jones, Kyle Allen, uh, Mason Rudolph, all these guys, I mean, there's uh, they're, they're taking over their teams uh, with very little experience. Some are rookies right off the bat, and, mm-hmm. and the older guys are kind of... Um, I mean, and I wouldn't even consider Goff and the older guys. I mean, he's been no. He he would be one of the one of the young group, or maybe even Russell Wilson might be one of their veteran group well, at this point. 
Exactly. And if you, you can probably name off five or six of the top quarterbacks in the NFL that are all within their first two or three years of playing. Like Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff, um, uh, Deshaun Watson. Those are the type of quarterbacks. Like You're right. This is a very young quarterback. Even though it's a quarterback-driven league, a lot of these guys that are playing very well every week are young. Chase Daniel, who I don't think of as old, is now almost 33. But in terms of playing days, he, he, he doesn't have a lot of starts. No, but I he don't. plays. He played the game the other day as though he's been around and has. He's been in Matt Nagy's offense going back to Kansas City. And then for a while, they're backed up uh, Drew Brees in New Orleans. So, um, you know, I just, I was very impressed with what I saw with a lot of these guys that I just mentioned. And I think as much as anybody, I was impressed with Chase Daniel because he he does things that good quarterbacks do, and he did it for an entire game. He could end up being in the the Brad Johnson mold, uh, taking a team to a Super Bowl and uh, winning a Super Bowl, and then never being heard from again. Just a, a guy who managed a team, and uh, then they brought in another quarterback, a young quarterback, to take over the team. Possibly so, but I I think if the this is what I envisioned Mitch Trubisky doing, and the Bears going to the Super Bowl. So why not Chase Daniel? You don't have to have a great quarterback in front of that defense. You just can't lose the game. Like, the, the Bears' defense, more times than not this year, is probably going to score more points themselves than the other team's offense is going to score. Let's move on to the running backs. David Montgomery had 21 carries to begin to the Bears, and despite only 53 yards, but that was volume. We said to make uh, Miles Sanders at least a flex. He was solid, 72 yards. At the wideouts, big day for Chris Godwin, uh, 12 catches, 172, a pair of strikes. Woods was back with 13, Adams with 10, Cup with 9 for 121. Jarvis Landry went wild, 8 for 167. Cortland Sutton had, uh, Sutton had 6 and 2 touchdowns. Corey Davis surprised everybody, 5 for 91 and a touch. We said the bench Sanu, he had uh, nine catches. That was a bad move. Why did we say that? Yeah, well, you know, because we, <laughs> the guy we expected to come back didn't. Ridley. Right. Calvin Ridley was like... Calvin Ridley. He, yeah. he, wasn't, he didn't even show up for the game. You know, they, they just don't... Uh, two weeks in a row. What are they doing? I have no idea. Uh, Sterling Shepard, you said uh, you really liked this week. He had seven catches. Uh, last week, we split on the Minnesota wideouts. Thielen was good. Diggs wasn't. Eric said uh, they would flip-flop this week. It did. Diggs had seven for 108. Thielen, two catches, six yards. Beckham, only 20 yards on two catches. What's going on there? I mean, you know. Tight ends. Best day was Austin Hooper, who we both said to start. Nine catches for 130. We said Will Disley was a coin flip, and seven catches and a touch was good enough if you called heads. Jimmy Graham was back with six and a touch. Eric Ebron, we said to start if you must because he was touchdown dependent. One catch, 48 yards, and a touchdown. Can't get any more accurate than that. Mark Andrews was solid. Four catches and a score. Waller, seven for 53. Hawkinson, good until the injury with three for three and a score. Uh, I said to pick up Noah Fant as he was working his way into the offense for Denver. Two catches on four targets and a touchdown. I also liked O'Shaughnessy. He had a catch for a score. Delaney Walker was just non-existent. One pass. In the Monday night game, we said to start the Steelers' defense. They had eight sacks, held the Bengals to three points. Uh, we said to pick up and consider starting rookie Deontay Johnson of the Steelers for the second week in a row. He had a long touchdown catch, and this week caught all six of his targets despite a fumble on the first one. Uh, both Jalen Samuels and James Conner were solid. Uh, on defense, uh, we asked if the Patriots were meeting their match in Buffalo. They did, sort of. 
They, yep. yeah, the Pates continue to roll, but uh, they did indeed face a tough Buffalo team, which lost its quarterback, or it might have beaten New England. The Giants scored well against hapless Washington, um, helped by a pick six. The Bears were the Bears. Seattle came on against a poor Arizona team, and the Panthers, as we predicted, were strong with six sacks and only ten points allowed. The Ravens uh, sucked, just giving up 40 to Cleveland. Uh, Eric, any surprises, uh, d- disappointments for you? I've got some surprises, some disappointments, and even a few question marks going forward. So I'll just say the Lions, now at 3-1, and one, I did not see that coming. I, think, I thought they would be better. I thought they would build on what they started at the end of the last season with their defense, and they have, but their offense is hung in there too. And they're 3-1, and one, but they very well could have beaten the Chiefs this past Sunday. Uh, the 49ers are 3 Yeah, they did. The 49ers are 3-0, coming off a bye. They haven't really beaten any strong teams. And I think now we're going to figure out kind of who they are in these next couple because they Monday night they got the Browns coming up next next uh, next week and after them the Rams. And I think, uh, you know, I'll pay some homage to you here. Marcus Mariota, never saw this coming. Two out of his first four games, he's been very good fantasy football-wise. And I just, I, that's two more games than I would have given him all year. Yeah, me so, too. Me too. Uh, uh, the disappointments, I think, right now stand out to me is the Bears. They're 3-1, and one, but the offense has just struggled. And I, I read a stat the other day where they're 3-0 and oh this year if the offense scores more than three points. So I, you don't have to do a whole lot. Now, will Chase Daniels be the answer to that? Yes, I think. So I think if he just, again, keeps doing what he's doing, Bears are going to be fine. The other disappointment I would say right now is Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I agree with you there. You know, the holdout was big news all training camp. It's all anyone could talk about. Now he's the highest-paid player, highest-paid running back. He's To me, he's got to produce. He's had two good fantasy football weeks. Both of those, once came against the Dolphins, one against the Redskins. Not great defenses. And two of his worst games came against the Giants and the Saints. So I, I think that he's got to start showing up every week if he's going to be you know, worthy of the contract he's then held out for. Yeah, we, we can see Couple more of that from Mel- Melvin Gordon, too, because he, he, he's that's, in the same boat. That's true. I mean, he, he at least got war uniform last weekend. Now this coming game, he's, we're going to see what he's got. I think the question marks I have going forward, the Bucks. they're 2-2, two and two, and... They've looked terrible in games, and they put up 55 points yesterday against the Rams. Now, the next three defenses they're going to face are the Saints, the Panthers, and the Titans. All three of the better defenses in the NFL this year. The Steelers, who you've been waiting on all year, they start out 0-3. Now they had, hopefully, a breakout game uh, against the Bengals last night. But then, you know... Everybody coming into the season was talking about, okay, is this going to be addition by subtraction? They get rid of uh, Antonio uh, Brown, Le'Veon Bell, who didn't play last year, at least the distraction part of things. He's gone now. But Ben Balthusberger is hurt. And now the defense steps up. Mason Rudolph comes through last night. Can they continue that success that they had for one game? I don't know. I, I think the Browns, one, of, yeah, one of the questions there is going to be Deontay Johnson. I And we talked about this last week. So I said, mm-hmm. uh, I believe Deontay Johnson, the rookie, has moved past James Washington. And you were thinking that James Washington is, is still ahead of him. Washington hardly, well, he played, but they didn't get targeted. Yet Johnson had six targets and uh, for the second week in a row, a touchdown pass. So. Thanks for pointing that out. Oh, you're Accurate welcome. Accurate as hell yeah, No, no, you're, wel- you're welcome. <laughs> Go the ahead, Browns, yeah. <laughs> another question mark, all right? Everyone's talking about how the, the favorite to, to 
represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this year. Well, they're two and two. I call you. Mayfield starts out the year, throws three interceptions against the Titans. Then he comes back yesterday and throws three touchdowns against the Raiders. A very good defense. So now we're going to find out over their next three games. They got the 49ers, the Seahawks, and the Patriots. So they're going to have to. They, you can't go one game on, one game off, and still make it to the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. All right. Well, let's go to the waiver wire right away. Uh, guys, you should be looking at at least. Uh, Chase Daniel, of course, uh, should Mitch Trubisky remain out. He is going to be out for a while. Dwayne Haskins, as it looks like Case Keenum may be sitting more. Ronald Jones, definite pickup. He's an RB1 in Tampa. He's uh, gone past uh, Peyton Barber. We still like Raquel Armstead in Jacksonville. Troy Mayne Pope with the Chargers uh, may get some activity, but remember, Melvin Gordon is back this week, which would make Pope a distant third back. With the Steelers employing the Wildcat off on Monday night, the key was Jalen Smith, Samuels, rather. He's a nice sleeper to pick up off the wire if you can get him. Edo Smith in Dynasty Leagues. Frank Gore will get some action. Kenyon Drake seemingly is going to get more volume in Miami. Chris Godwin is available in some leagues. Uh, he'll go quickly this week if he is. Uh, Corey Davis, just too inconsistent to get serious about. Sanu, same boat there. Geronimo Allison is a definite pickup at wide receiver. We've been talking about him for a few weeks. Rodgers went mm-hmm. to him often enough, and the connection was good enough to make that a good pickup. Chester Rogers, a solid pickup in Indy with T.Y. Hilton still facing issues. Keeping an eye on Dontrell Inman, who went down with an injury, and Tyrell Williams, if he's available in Oakland. Uh, Zach Paschal in Indy as well. He had seven targets as Brissett. Uh, seems to be spreading the ball around a little bit. Uh, we recommend Cole Beasley last week. It's time to consider Cole Beasley again in Buffalo at wide out. He's getting double-digit targets, and the new quarterback, if Allen can't play, would seem to like him as reliable. Tight ends, the guy who will get some action is Ricky Seals-Jones after getting 82 yards and a touch. It's the weekly like tight end him. swap out in Cleveland. Uh, ben Watson's coming off suspension this week in New England. Should be considered. Defenses, don't be fooled by the Giants' defense or Seattle, but the Saints look like a comer. Uh, we do like Buffalo's defense after a strong bout with New England and, of course, Pittsburgh. There. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, there's there's been some nice surprises this year. I think you mentioned Ricky Seals-Jones, who I didn't see, you know, him on the radar screen coming into the season, but he moves around, played receiver in, in college, and moves around like that now as a tight end in the pros, and then Waller with the, with the Oakland Raiders also as a tight end. He's an explosive, consistent uh, target every week, and... Uh, you know, I just, uh, some of these, like we talked about, a lot of these young guys, these young quarterbacks are stepping up and making good decisions uh, and, and moving the ball and not making big mistakes and giving their teams and their defenses a chance to win games. Trending, trending up this week, Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, Austin Hooper, Cameron Brait, uh, Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Howard, Wayne Gallman, Kenyon Drake, Ronald Jones, Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, Marcus Mariota, Josh uh, Rosen, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Baker Mayfield, Frank Gore, and Cole Beasley. Trending down this week, we're looking at Case Keenum, Josh Allen, Mitch Trubisky, Austin Eckler, David Johnson, Dalvin Cook, Peter Bar- uh, Peyton Barber, uh, Marlon Mack, Odell Beckham, Tyler Lockett, Sammy Watkins, Calvin Ridley, Kirk Cousins, D.K. Metcalf, Delaney Walker, Rex Burkett, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So let's go to the weekly games. Uh, this is our second bye week. Uh, so the Jets and 49ers are back, but missing from action are Miami and Detroit. If you have guys there, you will want to replace them and replace them early if you can. Thursday night, Rams and Seahawks. Uh, Rams are coming off a game they'd like to forget. Seahawks are rolling. 
Goff threw for 517 yards, but was not good otherwise. Um, don't expect that kind of production this week, but do expect good production from him and likely from Russell Wilson as well. Seems uh, the NFL is figuring out the Rams, which is why I, I like all Rams receivers in this one. I would not be surprised to see them fail, though, uh, to sustain drives, which meant uh, that means a lot of uh, lack of volume. So Cup, you want to start. You also want to start Woods and Cooks, but keep an eye on Gurley and don't start Brown. For the Seahawks, look for Wilson and Carson to have big days. Disley will get targets, but not sold here on Metcalf, who to me is only a flex play. Lockett will get more than four targets this week, so he's uh, due for a comeback. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I got to go back here and, and say one thing. So golf, okay. Uh, the you said the Rams, the NFL is figuring out the Rams. I don't know about that. I mean, that, this offense to me, is one of, it's on the cutting edge. It's every week they're, they're putting up numbers. Goff just threw for 517 yards. Uh, I'm not sure how much uh, the NFL's got him figured out or this offense. And I think, as you just mentioned, I think the receivers are all going to stay, you know, on everyone's top shelf as well with the Rams. Um, the Seahawks, I think they're, they win games because they're gritty. They've got Russell Wilson who makes things happen. They don't always have great numbers offensively. But they rely on their defense. They make key plays at key moments in games to win themselves, you know, more than they lose. And I think, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, to me, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL right now because he wins. He does everything necessary to win. He doesn't always come up with gaudy numbers, but he does great things when he needs to make great plays. All right, let's look at the Jaguars and Panthers. Don't expect Fournette to go for 200 yards again. And to be honest, uh, against the tough Panthers, D, I'd say he's lucky to get 60 this week. But with a touchdown, that would be good enough for a flex uh, or an RB, too. I would not play Minshew this week against Carolina. Keep an eye on O'Shaughnessy for injury reports. I do like D.D. Westbrook, but only as a flex play. Panthers players I like. Uh, I'm still sold on Curtis Samuel this week and Greg Olson with uh, Jarius Wright and D.J. Moore as wide receiver two or flex plays. Kyle Allen's okay, but uh, if you have somebody more established, I would go there. I'm a big Kyle Allen fan now. I've, I've seen him a couple games. And he makes good decisions. He's athletic. He's creative. The, the offense moves with him in the game. They get first downs. You get first downs. That means you're going to get more opportunities. And more volume. Which means you're going to have more you know, production, which he does. And the people around him have more production. So guys like Greg Olson didn't have great numbers this week. But that, didn't make, that doesn't mean he won't have the following week. I know who's going to be a great every, every week player, and that's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. So, you know, I... This uh, I would not steer away from the Panthers offensively as long as uh, I, I actually have more faith in the Panther offense with Kyle Allen than I do Cam Newton. Hey, you've never liked Cam Newton. <laughs> well, I won't say I've never liked him. I just think he's he's not he doesn't produce at least now in his career like he like he draws attention to himself as though he still does, which he doesn't. If he sent you and, a hat, would you wear it? As long as them say Cam Newton fan club, yeah, I'd wear it. <laughs> Even if it's got the feather out of the back or whatever. Oh, yeah. So, um, and I and I'm a big fan of uh, Gardner Minshew's. So, yeah, um, there you, are. Yeah. you know, and I and like you said, Fournette's probably not going to go for 200 yards again this this game or if ever. But I think you know he proved to me after this game that. And and you, with your faith in him, that, uh, you know, he's going to be, a, I think, more of a solid producer than I thought he would. 
Patriots at Redskins. Patriots should roll again unless it's going to be one of those strange NFL weeks. You know, we're coming up on Halloween pretty soon. Uh, Redskins are just awful. Expect them to continue to be awful. And a new young quarterback if Keenan is benched again. Uh, I don't like any Redskins this week. And uh, the other side, it's the same with the exception of Edelman if he's healthy. And, of course, you got to like Brady a little bit, even though he didn't have uh, – he had a terrible week this week as far as fantasy numbers go. Yeah, but I think, the, you know, James White, the running back, he's a very good receiving running back. And uh, and you can tell that Brady has a lot of confidence and faith in him because he, he, they, they work to get matchups that are favorable. And I think James White is one of those guys that, that Brady has a lot of confidence in. So not only running the ball but pass, uh, receiving the ball, he's a consistent play as well. Bills at Titans. If the Bills are for real, they will show it this week. But with uh, also Josh Allen on the mend, uh, this will be a team with a very cautious look to it. Uh, Matt Barkley isn't a rookie, so he could come through just fine. John Brown and Cole Beasley are iffy if there is a new quarterback, which makes Frank Gore the only real play on this team, as we mentioned, and the Titans will sit on him. The key will be the play of Barkley if Allen is benched. Now, if this is, is the return of uh, Marcus Mariota, uh, likely not against the difficult B, uh, Bills defense, so be cautious there. Corey Davis, week to week, it's a guessing game, and I'm guessing no this week. Uh, Derek uh, Henry is a coin flip. We do like A.J. Brown this week, as it looks like he'll get more uh, looks based on the production he had last week. And, and you just mentioned, I think the Bills, and if you look at it just as a – uh, across the board of the entire NFL, they are one of the top maybe six, seven defenses in the league right now. Yeah, they're strong. Um, very. So I, I agree with you. I don't think this is the week the Titans offensively are going to, you know, bowl over the Bills. I think it's going to come. It's going to be a low-scoring affair. I think it's going to be one on maybe the last possession. And uh, you know, I I think Barkley's going to be playing because I think you know the hit that I saw. Uh, that Josh Allen took, I think that's going to keep him out this week. Speaking of hits, before we go to the next game, uh, perfect. Uh, they they announced that uh, he's out for the year. There are some people who are calling for an NFL ban for life for him because this is uh, the second major infraction, and it's really the third that I recall because he he's, he took out AB uh, a couple of years ago, and yep. he also had another um, uh, hit in a Steeler game where he hurt somebody seriously. And I mean, just the look at him running off the field with a big <laughs> smile on his face, uh, you know, a- after that hit that he, that he laid out. I mean, and uh, I. Should the NFL at this point be looking at lifetime bans for guys like this? Well, I yes. I mean, it, he's racked up over four million dollars in fines. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So he, it's, he, it's still if happens. there's anybody that's going to make that, you know, the possibility to at least get the conversation started of a lifetime ban, it might be Vontez Perfect. Um, you know, having watched that hit, you know, the other night. Not only did he hit him with his helmet, the next guy also right. did. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, that's, you know, you can't go, uh, the way that the league is going right now, not just internally within the NFL organization itself, but public perception-wise, um, I think you're seeing people steer away from some of the head violence going on in the NFL. And Vontez Perfect, unfortunately, is in the process of making himself out to be, you know, the the kind of guy people point to as the problem with football, almost and criminal, the, the, almost in the head in the head contact going on. So we'll see what happens with that. But I, it would not surprise me if the NFL tried to make a statement. In you know, unfortunately, you know, uh, suspending somebody or 
as you just mentioned, possibly giving a lifetime ban to. All right. You know, uh, the next game we're going to talk to is one of those games where it's always a hard-hitting game, and that's uh, the Ravens and Steelers. Always, always a hard-hitting game between these two teams, which hate each other. Uh, although it's usually Flacco and Roethlisberger, it's not this time. If the Steelers can keep Ingram in check and force Jackson, it could result in some turnovers, which would give the Steelers more offensive plays. Then again, Jackson could scramble and really damage the Steelers. I'd play both Ingram and Jackson, as well as Mark Andrews, as Ravens tight ends usually play well against Pittsburgh. Uh, the improved Steeler defense is for real. They haven't had to play a quarterback with the likes of Lamar Jackson yet. So this might be a sit week for them if you have uh, somebody who's close. Uh, Mason Rudolph looks solid. The Ravens' D isn't what it was early on. Of course, they're not playing Cincinnati this week. Still, this is a divisional rivalry game. Nick Vanette might be a good option for you tight end if Vance McDonald is missing again and it looks like he may be and I do as I mentioned earlier really really like Deontay Johnson as you mentioned okay so quarterback wise this is typically you know Flacco versus Roethlisberger and this year though it's not these are still you know two good aggressive teams and the Steelers starting at one and three is not what you would have expected and probably not a lot what a lot of people would have expected but the Ravens are solid. I don't see any reason to sit anybody in this game. I think this is, as you said, it's going to be a hard-hitting game from start to finish, but I also think it could, it has the potential for both offenses to score a lot of points. So um, uh, I, 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 this is a game I'm going to want to see, and uh, you know, I, I think there's going to be some production on both sides. I think there will be, too. I think you're right. It could be a high-scoring game, and uh, so, you know, and Steeler defense has been suspect to long passes. The last couple of weeks has been good, but uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one because Jackson can do that. Cardinals at Bengals. Cardinals pretty bad. Kyler Murray just too raw yet to stay away from uh, any of the guys, although against uh, the Bengals, David Johnson, oh, let me rephrase that. Uh, you want to stay away from Kyler Murray, Murray this week and uh, anybody, but uh, maybe I think the um, David Johnson might be a decent play this week against the Bengals because the Bengals are not looking very good at all. The Bengals look like the Bungles again, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Andy Dalton uh, sacks eight times by Pittsburgh, an offense that can't get into the end zone. Mixon has not gotten on track. Maybe Arizona is not the place it's going to happen. So uh, I, I don't like Kyler Murray in this game. I don't like really like anybody in uh, except David Johnson in this game. I would say, you know, Kyler, Kyler Murray, this might be the week to play him. I, I going into the season, I didn't see a lot of um, you know upside to playing Kyler Murray as a fantasy football quarterback. But the Bengals are so bad, they and are. and I don't see why you wouldn't start him. He's going to he's athletic. He's had a good game or two fantasy football wise, um, and I think you know he's got an aggressive play caller, and uh, he's got some weapons around him. David Johnson, I think, is going to be a good option running the football, but I also think Christian Kirk could be good. And, um, you know, I think Kyler Murray could have not only a passing game, but he could also have a good game, you know, running the ball and running for 50, 60, 70 yards and possibly a touchdown there too. Falcons and Texans, depends on which teams show up on either side. Deshaun Watson ran for his life last week, couldn't get out of the way of six sacks. Uh, it should not happen this week, but if it does, everyone on this team falters, and that includes DeAndre Hopkins. He had eight targets last week, didn't catch very much against Carolina. Atlanta, not Carolina, but it can be. So start Hopkins, take a breath, and then think hard on Watson. Kenny Stills uh, is an ankle injury to watch. On the Falcons, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, solid, but Calvin Ridley in recent games, it just... 
that hasn't shown up. Uh, leaves Muhammad uh, Sanu in flux as well. Hooper and Freeman are definite starts. Uh, when it comes to uh, Ridley and Sanu, for me, really, it's a coin flip. Yeah, I think, um, you know, watching Deshaun Watson this year a little more closely than normal, I, you're right. He does, at times, tend to hold the ball a little too long for my liking. I think there's some checkdowns that he could take that he decides sometimes not to take. And I think there's some plays he can check out of when if he was able to diagnose a blitz that's coming before the plays happen. So, um, but I still think he's going to grow week to week to week to week. And you don't want to miss that time when he, when he, you know, he could have a great game against the Falcons as easily as anybody else. So I, I think Deshaun Watson will have a good game this week. Then. DeAndre Hopkins will as well. And uh, I think everybody offensively for the Falcons, I'm sorry, for the Texans, is a good start. Uh, on the Falcons, you know, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are good every week. And uh, Mohamed Sanu made a believer, believer in me this week after I think he put up, I don't know, 18 or so fantasy points. Um, and he's probably the most solid option after Julio Jones right now. Yeah, I, I just don't know what's happening to Calvin Ridley. I mean, it's just like they're not targeting him. Maybe is, I haven't watched any of their games, so I can't really know if, if they're just blanketing him or, or what the deal is. Have you? Well, he's not getting a lot of the one-on-one matchups that he got before. Mm-hmm. So he's having to – and, you know, Matt Ryan is obviously very comfortable with Julio Jones. Right. And, and Mohamed Sanu. I Watching them last year, Mohamed Sanu made up every time Matt Ryan didn't go to Julio Jones. He obviously had some connection with Mohamed Sanu in typically third down conversion type plays that keep the chains moving. And I think that's what he's moving back to. All right, Buccaneers at Saints. Bucks look like a giant beast against the Rams, and the Saints scored 12 points in beating the Cowboys. So, to me, bench Bridgewater. I know you're probably going to take the other side of that and roll the dice with the receivers. We're not sold on Winston repeating the Rams' day, but then again, why not? Ronald Jones, definite start, as is Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. The D, I would start the D, too. Yeah, I think, as you mentioned, I said, okay, think about who the Saints are playing. As you mentioned, I, I might say the opposite regarding Teddy Bridgewater, but only the only reason I say that now is because they're playing the Buccaneers, who gave up 40. So, yes, they scored 55, but they're not a tremendous defensive stalwart. So I think the Saints, if, the, if Bridgewater is going to start getting on track and start putting up numbers, this would be the perfect team to do that against, and therefore I think he would be a good start this year. And I think Jameis Winston, on the other hand, this is a Saints defense. This is like playing the Bear defense. They're... Whoever plays them, they're not going to put up good numbers. Just as the Saints shut down Dak Prescott and the Cowboys last week, I think they're going to do the same thing this week to the Buccaneers. Vikings and Giants, the ugly game of the week. <laughs> Based on Eric's previous thoughts, you'd start Thielen this week and bench Diggs. Uh, they're flip-flopping week. Kirk Cousins is on the bench somewhere, and I expect Alvin Cook to rebound strong. And don't be fooled by the Giants' defense, and this could be the first downer week for Daniel Jones. I'd bench him this week unless you have no one better because Minnesota can be very tough on D. Stick with Wayne Gallman, as I believe he'll be even better this week. Shepard and Ingram are worth starting. And, you know, you mentioned um, a couple of weeks ago uh, that uh, Saquon Barkley might be back in uh, two or three weeks, maybe a little bit later than that instead of the eight weeks predicted. And now we're mm-hmm. hearing that he may be back uh, uh, much sooner than eight weeks. Well, that's, that's good news, I think, for all Giant fans and fantasy football owners of Saquon Barkley. If we go back to you know uh, the Vikings, I didn't think they were going to be good because of the defense they were going to be playing in the Bears. 
So I knew going into that game, or at least I felt, that Dalvin Cook, who they've predicated their entire offense around this year, wasn't going to have a good game. I thought he had a tough time rushing for 30 yards. Well, he got 35. And I think Cook Cousins, you know, he had a better game than I thought he was going to have, but most of his yards didn't come until the end of the game. So I don't, I would not sit Kirk Cousins this week. I think the Vikings um, will rebound against the Giants. Their defense in New York is not that good. And, uh, and, I, and therefore, as you mentioned with Wayne Gallman, I like him. I think he's, and I think Daniel Jones is still a good play, even against the Vikings who, you know, the Bears and Chase Daniel, they had no problem moving up a ball up and down the field. They only had 16 points, but for those points, uh, for the three field goals along with a touchdown, uh, that the Bears scored. So I think, you know, I think the Vikings and the Giants are both good plays here. Bears at Raiders, who do you like there? Ha, ha, ha. This was a game I was hoping to be at, but uh, as, it, as it worked out, uh, that didn't happen. So, um, you know, I, I like the Bears. I think, uh, um, you know, as, as I've been saying all along here, I think this offense is now going to start to make a shift in the right direction under Chase Daniel. And then, uh, you know, Allen Robinson had a great game, and he had two big plays called back on phantom penalties. So I, I love that. I, I think that you know, uh, Allen Robinson's a good play. Obviously, the Bears' defense, if you have them, is good. The Raiders, I don't see other than Waller, could be you know the tight end that's uh, very athletic for them and makes a lot of plays and and. Uh, is a favorite of their cars could be a good play as well. Well, I think the Bears play tough defense again uh, as against the Raiders, no matter who the quarterback is, obviously. I really like Montgomery this week. He is 21 carries, showed he settled in as the RB1 in Chicago. Still not sure about Burton's health at tight end, so if you have him almost any other decent option, uh, I would go there. As far as the receivers go, coin flip, but depending on who is playing quarterback due to the timing issues. I think uh, this is an off week for Josh Jacobs, uh, flex play at best. Trevor Davis had a nice week, so I looked at him. But uh, really, Terrell Williams and uh, Daryl Waller are the guys here on the on the Raiders. Of the three, I think Williams is the safest bet to get targets and catches. Waller will be covered like a blanket. I'm not sold on Derek Carr this weekend. Uh, Jets and Eagles. Uh, Jets had an off week. Uh, well, every week is an off week for them, but they had an actual off week this week, uh, and I don't think that's going to help much. Uh, it uh, looks like Sam Darnold will be uh, possibly back there, if, and if he isn't, it's Luke Falk. Uh, let me say that again, Luke Falk. That With means, an L, yeah, yep. Uh, that, uh, that's right. Four, four letter words, two of them. That, that means starting no one with the exception of Le'Veon Bell, and I'm not even sure that's a great start at this point. Eagles, start them all. Keep an eye on the NFL injury wire on Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, and I think Carson Wentz is going to have a rebound week this week. Uh, he's an every-week starter for me if I had him. And uh, Thank I, you I very much. I didn't start against, in two of my three weeks, and I um, so, so he's starting well, this week again. <laughs> we, we should have been talking about him earlier. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're right. I think against the Jets defense, everybody you know, on the Eagles offense is a good start. Broncos of Chargers. Chargers players all solid starts with the question mark being Gordon over Eckler. Uh, both will get good play, so at least a flex for both. Uh, Broncos can't recommend anyone here except Noah Fant. Uh, if you're trying to decide between tight ends, Fant's a, a really good option here for you. Yeah, and I, as you mentioned, you know the Broncos have been disappointing, and now um, defensively they lost Bradley Chubb for the year with a torn ACL, and uh, therefore you know the Chargers. You know, usually play pretty well at home. And as you said, the the, the kind of um, wild card here is Melvin Gordon. And uh, how much 
he cuts into Austin Eckler's production, I don't know. But I think, uh, you know, throwing the ball, um, you know, the Chargers are going to be, you know, doing very well. And uh, Keenan Allen is a good start here as well. Yes. Packers-Cowboys, tough conference game. Uh, Cowboys looking to bounce back. Pack looking to roll. Look for a high-scoring game here, which means a lot of volume. So I think anybody's a good play. We really, really like Geronimo Allison of the Packers and MVS as well. Uh, Devontae Adams looks strong, but uh, keep an injury out for his turf toe. It looks like he's going to be a go, but uh, keep an injury out uh, on the waiver on the uh, injury wires. Uh, yep. Keep an eye on uh, Michael Gallup for the injury list. Uh, Amari Cooper should do well here, and both quarterbacks are solid. You know uh, who should have a really big game here uh returning packer randall cobb i'd start him anywhere if you have him just i would i would throw him out there make make it happen because i think he's gonna have a big game yep i like your hopeful optimism <laughs> i think the, the packers at the cowboys okay so remember what happened to the cowboys last week against the saints mm-hmm. the packers nobody thinks of as having a great defense though they are so i'm not i'm not completely sold yet that the Cowboys offensively are going to rebound against the Packers. I think they'll rebound, maybe not just this week, though. Um, but I do like the Packers' offense against the Cowboys' defense. And Aaron Rodgers, obviously, has been having great games pretty much all year long, except for the first one against the Bears. And, um, you know, Devontae Adams, having had a turf toe myself at one point, these are hard things to, to come back from if you're a receiver. I did As a quarterback, I didn't have to run around a whole bunch, but... Running with one of those things is not easy, so I'm not sure Devontae Adams is a great start this week. Describe turf toe. Uh, I know we, we hear about it all the time, and uh, mainly we, we hear about it since the inception of what first became AstroTurf and now is a yeah. multitude of different uh, uh, types of turf. Describe well, I, how I, do you I don't it? know why they call it turf toe, because it has nothing. It's not, it's not like you stub your toe on the turf. Mm-hmm. So it's where your foot gets uh in as though you're sort of uh jumping but it's where your leg is forward so your your the front of your foot's still on the ground and somebody falls on the back of your heel mm. which hyperextends what's underneath your big toe Ooh. so that's that's turf toe and it stretches out those ligaments and once they're stretched out they don't want to respond so it's it's not like you can just you, the running motion is to be on the balls of your feet. Well, when you have turf toe, you can't get on the balls of your feet. See, what other podcasts do you get this kind of information? I mean, you know, I mean, you know, a, a guy gets turf toe, and we're talking about somebody who had turf toe talking about turf toe and explaining what turf toe is because nobody knows what turf toe is unless you've had turf toe. So I didn't even know what it was until <laughs> I had one. Someone said, this is what you got. And I said, oh, wow. Cool. Colts and Chiefs, uh, Sunday night primetime. Look for Holmes and company to star right there. Shady McCoy looks good. And if Damian Williams is out, play Daryl Williams again at the flex. Uh, Colts will give Jacoby Brissett the chance to show his stuff. But I think the Chiefs are too much for him. So uh, aside from Eric Abron and Chester Rogers, I'm sitting this group. Keep an eye on uh, Marlon Mack's injury, though. Uh, that That's going to be a key to, to whether he starts or not. And I think uh, the uh, you know what's going to go on in this game. Yeah, I think I think this has the potential to be like last year's Chiefs Rams game, or this year's Chiefs uh, or Colts uh, San Diego Charger game. So I, I love the Colts offense. I love what Jacoby Brissett's doing. I love the way uh, Frank Reich calling plays. The Chiefs offense speaks for itself, and I think these are two solid defenses as well. Um, and I, I just you know, I, there's no way Patrick Mahomes is going to have. Well, I, I wouldn't even call last game an off game. He just didn't throw a touchdown pass. So, um, 
I, I'd like all the offensive players on both sides of the ball in this game. All right. Monday night, Browns at 49ers. Uh, 49ers coming off a restful bye week. Give them the edge here. Uh, the D is good. The running backs are solid, if not great for fantasy. And Garoppolo seems to set to take off. The Browns just might provide that opportunity. I'd say he is a solid start. Not so much for Baker Mayfield. Uh, the way he's playing right now, I'm not sure Beckham is a start. It may be time to demote him to wide receiver too. And I'm not the only one who thinks that. We're hoping not because he can't go two weeks in a row with only four targets and 20 yards. Nick Chubb, well, he's the only guy I can really, really recommend to start here. Well, like we've, or I guess I talked about earlier, which Brown team is going to show up, you know, and which Baker Mayfield is going to show up. Um, I, I think the Browns have the potential to be a solid every week offense or team, but so far that hasn't been the case. It's been actually off one week, then on one week, and then repeat. So I think this is a great week for the Browns to come out and really assert themselves. It's Monday night. Uh, they're against the 49ers, who are now 3-0, and and themselves need to prove something because they really, in those three games, haven't beat a great team yet. So maybe the Browns uh, can step up, and this can be a great game you know, on Monday night football so everyone can find out who both of these teams are. Well, there you have it, this week's Fantasy Football Podcast. Join us each coming Tuesday uh, for a look at the upcoming NFL games. You can find us on Radio.com, the mobile app, iTunes, Stitcher, Lipsum, wherever you get your podcasts. And the easiest way, perhaps, just go to our website, KramerandBrill.com. The podcasts are listed on the podcast page, or you can find them right at the top. It says click here for the current podcast. Click that, and that'll take you right to the podcast homepage and the uh, latest one and all the rest are there, too. So check it out, KramerandBrill.com. You can reach us, by the way, via the contact page. If you wish to submit any questions about your team or we answer them here on the air, just ask, uh, get the questions to us by Tuesday morning. This podcast is a property of Brill Productions, and any unauthorized use, such as charging for its contents, is strictly prohibited. We do encourage you to share the podcast for free, however. For Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill. Join us next time for Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast.